Very, very warm welcome to you. As Catherine said, we're continuing our series today in the book of Judges. Uh, we're looking at this whole theme of imperfect heroes, these different judges who are listed in the New Testament in the Hebrews Hall of Fame. And today we're looking at the story of Samson. And many of you will know that the people of Israel at this time, they were in this cycle of sin, judgment, repentance, deliverance, and they didn't have a king. They didn't want God to be their king. So God had to keep raising up leaders, judges, uh, to release and deliver his people uh, from their enemies. And really don't think of these judges as judicial judges. Uh, these were kind of champions, heroes of the time. And today we're picking up the story of Samson. We're going to be reading from Judges chapter 13. Verses 1 to 14 and the end. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. A certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was childless, unable to give birth. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are barren and childless. But you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink, and that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor, because the boy is to be a Nazarite, dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Then the woman went to her husband and told him, A man of God came to me. He looked like an angel of God. Very awesome. I wish my wife would say that about me sometimes. <laughs> I didn't ask him where he came from, and he didn't tell me his name. But he said to me, You will become pregnant and have a son. Now then, drink no wine or other fermented drink and do not eat anything unclean because the boy will be a Nazarite of God from the womb until the day of his death. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I beg you to let the man of God you sent to us come again to teach us how to bring up the boy who is to be born. God heard Manoah and the angel of God came again to the woman while she was out in the field. But her husband Manoah was not with her the woman hurried to tell her husband, he's here, the man who appeared to me the other day. Manoah got up and followed his wife. When he came to the man, he said, are you the man who talked to my wife? I am, he said. So Manoah asked him, when your words are fulfilled, what is to be the rule that governs the boy's life and work? The angel of the Lord answered, your wife must do all that I have told her. She must not eat anything that comes from the grapevine, nor drink any wine or other fermented drink, nor eat anything unclean. She must do everything I have commanded her. Then on to verse 24. The woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. He grew and the Lord blessed him and the spirit of the Lord began to stir him. I'd love to encourage you, if you have time over the next week, to read the rest of the story of Samson, four little chapters. And Samson, you will read 
has many ups and downs in his life. To be honest, he has a lot more downs than he has ups. But Samson is a flawed, flawed character. He gets into all kinds of mischief, relationships that he shouldn't be in, food that he shouldn't be eating according to his vows. And that's what I want to look at uh, today. I want to look at the subject of how to build strength of character. And particularly, I want to look at this quality of faithfulness. Faithfulness is just one brick in the wall of a strong character. But so often it's undermined, underthought of in our society. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, love. We all want more love. We all want more peace. At Christmas on our mantelpiece, there's the word. Joy, there it is. But I think faithfulness is something that we struggle with in our society. Love it or hate it. You can't escape it. The reality TV phenomenon that is Love Island is all over our screens at the moment. I won't ask you to admit whether you're watching it or not. But there's been uproar in the house this week. You'll know that the contestants have to pair up with different people. And the big question is, who's going to stay faithful to who? Some people remain faithful, other people unfaithful. But what seems clear to me is that deep in our human desire is this desire for faithful relationships. We look in other people for strength of character. And our reputation is built upon the strength of our character. It's what enables us to trust other people. I was interested to read last week, front page of the week magazine, can we trust Boris? The leadership race gets personal. There can be so many manifestos, so many questions, so many issues, Brexit, climate change. But when push comes to shove, it's about trust. It's about something personal. Abraham Lincoln said, character is like a tree and reputation is like its shadow. Reputation is what people see, but the tree is the real thing. Although we tend to celebrate gifting, it's character that counts. I heard one person talk about the difference between resume virtues and eulogy virtues. Resume virtues are the skills, competencies, things that we might put on our CV when we're applying for a job, the things that we might celebrate outwardly. Eulogy values, on the other hand, are the things that people might speak of about us at our funeral. What would we want people to say of our character, our personality, that we're generous, kind, loving, joy-filled. See, there's a world of difference between gifting and character. Gifting is external, but character is internal. Gifting can be learnt, but character is formed. 
And strength of character is so essential for leadership. So how do we build strong character? How do we cultivate faithfulness in our lives? How can we avoid some of the pitfalls that Samson fell into? What can we learn from this story today? Well, I think the first thing is that we need to remember our divine destiny. Remember our divine destiny. Whether you feel it or not today, sitting here, you have been created and called for a divine purpose. There is meaning to your life. And how we live our lives is shaped by our understanding and our awareness of that reality. If we know that we are created, called for something more than just our little life, then it will lead us to live in a particular way. Each one of us has been called by God, created for his kingdom purposes. And it was the same for Samson. We read that Samson was born with a divine destiny. He was dedicated to God, set apart from birth in order to bring about the deliverance of the people of God from their enemies, the Philistines. It says that he was to be a Nazarite. And the Nazarite vow was usually something that people chose voluntarily. It was for a particular period of time, but it was going to be different for Samson. Samson was to be a Nazarite even from birth, so much so that his mother, when he was in the womb, was not even allowed to eat or drink anything that was ceremonially unclean. And what being a Nazarite meant was that there were these outward and visible symbols of devotion to God, commitment to that destiny and that calling. There were three things. Firstly, he wasn't able to touch alcohol. Secondly, he wasn't able to touch a dead body and defile himself. And thirdly, and perhaps slightly strangely, he wasn't able to cut his hair. No razor could be used on his head. Samson was born with a divine destiny. He grew up. Samson's the kind of guy with all the gifting. Smashing it at sports day. He's got a great body. House colors. He's got a great job, a smart suit. On the outside, he had everything together. Gifted, anointed, talented. But on the inside, the cracks were already beginning to show in his character. As we read the story, we see disloyalty, secrecy, arrogance, a lack of integrity, a lack of faithfulness. The story of Samson is a story strewn.